0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the People Analytics Podcast. As always, I'm the host, Sean Boyce. I would like to welcome my guest today, Michael Simpson, who is the co-founder and CEO of Perrin. Michael is the son of educators and a corporate entrepreneur turned three times entrepreneur. His passion for helping people reach their potential was fueled by his own rise from poverty to international recognition as a market strategist. He co-founded Perrin after over a decade as a certified coach and spending seven years living in Russia coaching many at-risk youth adults to successful careers. As the CEO of Parent, he works to bridge the opportunity gap for future generations by enabling governments, educational institutions, and workforce programs to connect the people they serve to career, education, and life services. Hello, Michael, how are you? And thanks for being on the show.
1: I am doing very, very well. Uh, thanks for having me on the show. I'm, I'm in the office and there's actually two other people here today, so it has the scent of normalcy, um, however fleeting, because they'll probably only be for an hour or two. But,
0: <laughs> Well, that's good. And any progress is good progress, I'd say. It looks like a pretty cool office, too.
1: Yeah, we have a great place. Uh, we love it.
0: Awesome. And where are you calling in from?
1: I'm calling in from uh, Denver, Colorado.
0: Excellent. We say hello here from the East Coast in Philly? All right. Okay. So, uh, Michael, if you could, please, for our audience, give them a little bit of a background on both yourself, Perrin, and how you became co-founder and CEO. Yeah,
1: that's actually a... not the normal answer, probably, that you're expecting. Uh, my background is the reason why Perrin exists. Uh, I grew up in a, a family of abuse, um, with a father with ptsd um, a a family with uh, drug addictions and incarcerations um, and a multi-ethnic home and a lot of financial problems and uh, honestly uh, had to drop out of community college after two months to uh, work four jobs uh, to essentially to survive and um, It was in that time uh, that some people helped me and saw some skills in me that my um, background, my history did not um, tell me or anybody else that I could be successful. And they helped me develop those skills. And uh, I grew from that in the computer industry to working directly for Eric Schmidt Uh, before he ran Google uh, when he was the CEO of his first company as CEO, a company called Novell. Um, And uh, I never forgot how those people helped me identify my own skills uh, and showed me opportunities and gave me um, the support that I needed to be able to succeed in those opportunities. And so at the peak of my career, uh, after uh, a company that I was, Chief Marketing Officer, sold in 2001, which was a great time to sell a software company, by the way. Um, I left and went to Russia for seven years to uh, coach young adults to become successful in business. Most of them were adult children of alcoholics. And then at the end of that time, I came back to the United States and founded Parent uh, to uh, essentially do for as many people as possible what a handful of people had done for me. And so, we have a platform now that uh, was originally founded on behavioral science to help people identify their skills and, and then to match them to appropriate careers and jobs, uh, and it has now grown into a platform that entire states use to connect, match people to services, to match them to careers, to match them to educational opportunities, and to... Um, match them to the services and the support, resources, even human beings, that can help them along their journey. It's called My Journey, and uh, you can learn more about it at parent.com if you want, or go to one of our, you know, implementations like mycoloradojourney.com is one example. So, that's why I started, that's why I started Parent, because I went through uh, probably 10 years as an adult, uh, trying to find my way and uh, getting a lot of help but still always feeling like the least uh, in every room because i was the least educated i was the least experienced i had the poorest background of every room that i was in uh, lived a lot with imposter syndrome and i never it it took a long time uh, to really find what i was truly good at and i don't want other people regardless of their backgrounds to have to go through uh, that uncertainty in life, if I can help them avoid it.
0: First and foremost, thank you very much for sharing that background. It's certainly an inspirational story and an absolutely admirable commitment to giving back. So we thank you for that. And that helps us move to what I think we wanted to focus on and talk about today, which was... What you can do uh, in terms of identifying company values and how you can use those from your own organization. Now, from what I understand, Parent has really adopted this philosophy internally, and it is core to what you do. So, I would love to hear you talk a little bit more about this as a philosophy and perhaps also more about how Parent itself has done it, because from what I understand, it's a rather unique story. Yeah.
1: So one of the one of the major steps to founding Perrin was I was coaching someone. They actually were an executive at Google that I was coaching and uh, in my own personal coaching practice. And I was talking to that person, like, should I start this business? Should I not start that business? And this person said, Michael, how many years have you been telling people or encouraging them to do the thing that they believe should be done and to, um, you know, fulfill their dreams. And I said, well, for a long, long time, he says, maybe now it's your turn to show them. And so now the coach, is coaching the coach and, and I really had to listen to him. And, uh, because I had been thinking like everybody, like the day that I have my company or if I was running things, how would I do things? What kind of culture would we? So I started pairing with this this idea, uh, a concept that I was um, creating an environment that really valued the the whole person. That and, and there were a lot of kind of qualities about it. Honestly, I never wrote them down. And after a, a few years of running the company, we we did each year. Uh, off-site up at this hot springs and the mountains we rent cabins and we invite everybody's families and their dogs and because it's Colorado and of course you can't do anything without a dog and so we were going to do a values exercise to define our values and so we put all of these people including their significant others in this room and we broke them up into four different groups with you know little stickies and, and white paper and magic markers and uh, we said, we want you to write down uh, two things, values that you would like us to never lose um, as we grow, and values that you think maybe we don't have enough of that we need to develop. And the executives exercised our value for good uh, craft microbeer, and we went to the bar, and we had them do the exercise, and we had them define the, the initial values that they thought were most important. And it was really important to have the families involved, uh, because... What we do at our company and the values that we have, we realized was such an impactful thing on the the family unit, whatever that is constructed of. And so we came back and they all each shared their um, ideas. And what we found, which was very heartwarming and surprising, was that they were almost identical. Something that we had done maybe intentionally but never written it down had been uh, conveyed and we said there's no way that we can continue this uh, in this natural form unless we're really, really intentional about it. So we we uh, then created, we collected all these things, we netted them down to five. We then created a, a Google presentation that we said, this I mean, this is the value, and these are the behaviors associated with it, internal and external. And then we had all of those same people, including their partners, comment on it and make changes and tweaks to the language. And so there was this sense of ownership in our values from the beginning that I've never seen in another company. And so every single month we do specific exercises to dig deep into our understanding of those values. We spent the whole first year uh, dealing with how do we express those internally with each other relationally. We spent the second year as how do we live those out with our partners and our customers. And then um, we're, we're kind of in that third year of those values and looking at how do we make those part of every aspect of our life um, the five values are uh, value the whole person, uh, remain curious, choose growth over comfort, um, which is something that is actually very uncomfortable for most people. We have to warn them when we interview them, honestly, that this is a very real thing. Own our outcomes and uh, bird dog joy, which is kind of my favorite one, <laughs> is, is to, in uh, the way we describe that is, because uh, we have a lot of dogs in the office, is to go hunt down uh, joyful things, pursue them, um, bring them back, and share them with everyone else. And so we engage very deeply in each other's lives, um, and not in an intrusive way, but in a celebratory way.
0: That's an incredible story. I really like the, well there's a couple things in particular I'd call attention to number one, incorporating the families of those that work uh, for you and with you in that process. I love that idea. And I also love the fact that even in the names of the values, there is an intern an inherent cultural aspect to it, right? The bird dog joy aspect of it, which is really cool. Cause there's even a story behind that one. Right. So yeah. that's fascinating. I, I have more questions about this, of course, but I would love to know a little bit more about the inspiration behind incorporating the families. I mean, you hear people all the time talk about how our organization is a family, but I, a lot of times that may be surface level. In this case, it's quite literal, right? Um, we spent a lot of time working uh, for our various organizations and as such, our families are a, a component of that sometimes involuntarily, but making them an active individual in this process had to have been rewarding.
1: It honestly it was the most important thing. It, yeah. it wasn't something that we added. It, if you truly do value the whole person, you value every part of that person's life and how do you value the whole person when you don't know their family and when you don't know what they do and what their hobbies are. And and for some people, it's awkward to share that and some people in large organizations think that that is not necessarily scalable. I I've scaled similar you know, relational things to hundreds and hundreds of people, uh, in the past, um, maybe less intensely than we're doing now, but that's the most important piece that I have had so many times. I've got gray hair, right? So I've had, a, I've hired hundreds and hundreds, maybe thousands of people in my life. And, and how many times have you known someone to leave work because it wasn't their choice, but because they did it for their family. And, uh, I, I've i had some experiences where I had somebody on the road a long time in airports back when we used to do that. And um, I knew that this was, pro- I assumed this was probably creating a strain, strain on their family. Uh, I sent uh, flowers to somebody's spouse and I said, hey, thank you for your sacrifice, for letting us borrow your spouse um, from you. Uh, to do all this work. And I just want you to know that it's recognized. And that person actually picked up the phone, called their spouse while they were in the airport and said, where are you going? What are you doing? And like never really engaged before. And, and, and said, well, it, it, that's important, right? And he said, well, yeah, it's important. She goes, well, you do a good job because you work for a good company. And, and I'm like, wow, that, that's not the intention with which I did that. But imagine the impact on that person that works for us when they know that what happens in their home matters as much to us as what happens in their work. And we take that very, very seriously. And honestly, if you, if you say you care about your people, but you don't care about their families, you don't care about your people.
0: Very well said, Uh, powerful stuff for sure. I think it's a great way to express that, Uh, absolutely. And there's something else that we've talked about previously that you mentioned will come up in unsolicited fashion when your team is interviewing people, people that may be joining your team, and that is these values. They will come up from your team, it won't be something that they explicitly intend to mention, but it just, it's almost involuntary, right? It's just like subconscious, it just comes up, it's really core to what you guys do. I would love to hear you talk a little bit more about the tangible benefits that, and intangible, that you've gotten out of conducting this exercise and making this core to what it is that you guys do at Perrin.
1: Yeah, I think it was most profound and pointed out to me that that was happening in our company after we onboarded um, an IO psychologist on our staff, right? And this person actually now, he spent decades helping companies with things such as this, and he, when we onboarded him, his first five days, of, he met everybody in the company, he had one-on-ones with everyone, and some group meetings, and he just commented to me the week after that, he goes, there's not a single meeting that I had with any individual, when I'm asking them about the company, that the values did not come up, and he says, this is weird, but I like it. And, and it was it was really quite remarkable. It had a profound effect on him because what we told him in the interview, he found to be true within five days. Uh, and his wife, a month after he was at the company, or two months after he was at the company, we did a, we did a different offsite, and she said, "I've I've been married to him for decades." and I have never seen him share anything personal about himself with people at work. He always has a fine line between the two, very strong line between them. And she says, something's different. He's different. I said he's only been here two months. And she says, yeah, but he's different um, because of this. And, and it is, it's not because we talk about it. It's because we sit, we actually pay a company It's a company called Go Innovation, and I would encourage anyone to contract with them. Uh, They're actually a client of ours, uh, but they're fantastic group coaches, and they uh, take our values, and we work out a plan with them, and they build exercises for us to dig deep into our understanding of them. We do something every single month when we have them physically come out once a quarter and we do a day and a half with them every single quarter, uh, where we stop work and we, you know, do a bunch of exercises to have us grow deep. On Mondays, every other Monday, we have an all hands. We do something to help us get to know each other better. So on Zoom, we break out in Zoom, uh, you know, breakout rooms, and we um, have a topic, and um, we. Um, we have, uh, one thing that we do, which is kind of, um, given chosen core and it's like two minutes and each person in each group says something that was given to them, like my name, uh, it's my skin color or something like that. Something that I've chosen in my life that is unique to me and something that is core to the being that I am, the, the person that I am. And in a minute, two minutes, you get to know people in such a deep way. Um, and you get into conversations. That's just one of the exercises that we've learned from Go Innovation. And you do that every two weeks for a year, and you know a lot about a lot of people.
0: I have to imagine that's got to be an excellent way to bring the team closer. Uh, mm-hmm. Love it. Excellent stuff. So. Uh, I'm, I'm sold, but now I, I need you to tell me how, how I can start taking advantage of these things for myself or any of our listeners from their own organizations. For those that want the type of culture and environment that you guys are able to foster at Parent, they want to adopt awesome values. They want to know what those are. Maybe they don't know where to get started. What What is the best advice you have for them as far as how to get started, how to start incorporating some of these things so that they can create an environment in a similar fashion that is thriving as well?
1: Yeah, I, I would say there's a, there's a couple things. This is just off the top of my head now. I haven't thought about this. But the, the very first thing is I would figure out a way to involve your people and involve as many of them as possible. Um, choose very intentionally not to top down your values um, but to bottom up them. And that process in and of itself will reveal to you – where you might have gaps in understanding, Uh, because if you ask people what values, the two questions, what values do you not want us to lose, and what values do you think we have more of, uh, it just might surprise you, and uh, that is the perfect way to start uh, for healing something inside of your company or celebrating something and, and preserving it. Uh, So I would figure out a way to do that in your own way. If you have to do it at massive scale, then there are ways to do that at massive scale and collect that information. I would also uh, encourage you to, to get help, right? You cannot objectively evaluate yourself by yourself, right? You need a kind mirror, and you need someone to facilitate that direct communication and that honesty. Uh, find a great consultancy. I recommend Go Innovation. They're awesome. But find someone. There's tons of organizations out there. But find someone to help facilitate. And and you know what? You know, hold on to your seats because if you start really creating unfiltered conversation, uh, you need to be prepared for it. There's a lot of vulnerability in that. Um, a great resource is uh, I think the best leadership book that I've ever read in my life, and I've read a ton, is Dare to Lead by Brene Brown. Um, and I think uh, she has the, the, the best um, uh, leadership uh, quote that um, definition of a leader that I've ever seen. It's uh, a leader is anyone who takes responsibility for finding the potential in people and processes and has the courage to develop that potential. And what's not said in that is the the self-reflection that is required to be able to do that, because you have to do that in yourself, and you have to do that in your organization, and then you have to help other people do the same. But that kind of leader is the kind of leader that gives a gift, and that kind of organization gives a gift to individuals um, that creates a loyalty like, nothing else if you if your objective is to make the people do whatever is necessary to make the people who work in your organization better human beings within the context of your job but just better human beings to prepare them my goal is always to prepare people for their next job whether here or somewhere else but make leaving us the hardest thing they've ever done and the way that we do that Is to focus on the development of the human being, whether it serves us or not, wherever that person needs development, and that's what we're going to lean into. And some folks will freak out about it, and they'll be uncomfortable, and they'll leave. And you know what? Good riddance. Um, But the other people will be changed forever. And that is worth getting up every morning to do.
0: Fantastic. Some outstanding advice. Thank you so much for sharing that, Michael. And thank you for being here on the show to share your expertise and talk more about this important topic. I have two questions for you before we let you go. Several of which you mentioned already and feel free to reiterate those. But what resources would you share with both myself and our audience?
1: There's one resource that I I think would be that we can give you uh, one of the things that we do is we measure not just what makes people successful, we measure what hinders people from realizing their potential. Um, not just the behaviors they have, but things like you know self blame or shame and things like, and self confidence and stuff that can get in the way. There's a, a resource that we have called the Imperatives Guidebook. You can find it on our website at parent. com, and uh, in our resource section but we have a lot of resources up there Um, that might be helpful. The Imperatives Guidebook is one that's just um, I think something that would be helpful for anyone who is interested in developing people and wonders why this person doesn't develop like this person when they appeared like the same thing would work but they didn't right and so that's an interesting resource it'd be great for personal introspection. We have some other resources from our um, I/O psychologists. We've got resources on feelings and expressing those. Um, So I would I would just go up to our resource section at Parent.com and look for the Impairment Guidebook and poke around see if there's something else there. Um, For the most part, uh, I think those would be uh, we make them free so you can download them.
0: Fantastic and thank you. I will link to those in addition to uh, Brene Brown's book Dare to Lead that you mentioned and Go Innovation which you've mentioned several times, and then. Last question I have for you, Michael, is who should reach out to you and how can they get in touch?
1: Oh, well, um, if you're selling something, don't. <laughs> because I get my email box is <laughs> way too big. Um, but no, seriously, if, if you're interested in, you know, if you have a specific question and you want to reach out, just you can send me an email, uh, msimpson, M-S-I-M-P-S-O-N, at Parent.com, P-A-I-R-I-N.com, you can do that. Um, if you want to learn more, if you're in the workforce space or government space uh, um, or education space, and you want to learn more about what we do, uh, if you're interested in the development of people, not just the selection of people, but the development of their skills, uh, go to Parent.com and and look that up. Um, and if you have a specific question about that, so just just write me and I would be happy to respond.
0: Thank you for that, Michael. I appreciate it. I'll link to that and the other resources in the show notes. And thank you for being here and sharing your expertise with both myself and our audience.
1: It's absolutely my pleasure. Thanks so much for having me, Sean.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of the People Analytics Podcast powered by Staff Geek. If you or anyone you know is a leader in human resources or talent acquisition, and would be interested in being a guest on our show, please reach out to me at sean at staffgeek.com. That's sean, S-E-A-N, at staffgeek, S-T-A-F-F-G-E-E-K.com. We would love to share your valuable knowledge with our audience. At this point, we'd like to take a moment to thank the sponsor of our show, Staff Geek. Staff Geek helps companies hire smarter by increasing retention and combating turnover, all while reducing time to hire. They do this by creating a customized behavioral assessment around your company's unique culture. Armed with your FitTech assessment, you're able to evaluate which candidates are the right fit for your company's culture. Start hiring smarter today with StaffGeek. If you'd like to learn more, reach out to StaffGeek at hello at StaffGeek.com or visit them on the web at StaffGeek.com.